Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Fan. And today's a very special day today, because at the day of this recording, it is my birthday. And luckily, these fuckos here, Sergio, Kybert, and Matt, have allowed me to select a fan fiction to read. How are we doing today? Thank you. No, we're not singing this on the recording. Okay. Yeah, won't we get a, like a copyright strike? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you. Oh shit, you're right. Okay, <laughs> yeah. never mind. Yeah, see, right, thank never you. mind. Never mind. Yeah, that was fair use. That was short enough to be fair use. I'm sure. Maybe. Yeah, good enough. It was good enough. So, um, you know, I I wanted to. I was split between two options. I wanted mm-hmm. to do something that you know it was either just like a genuinely good fan fiction that you know mm-hmm. I thought was charming and kind of cute about one of the, mm-hmm. what I would say is one of the one of the better mm-hmm. fandoms in terms of fan fiction writing. On the other hand, though, I thought we could do something funny. And you know, when you leave it all to me, I think that we can make it shine. And truly, I think that this crack fan fiction that I found really de- really does work in in a whole lot of ways. And I've been thinking about these series for for a little bit now. I think I've been getting a little nostalgic, you know, just coming around another year around the sun. Figured, you know, I might as well might as well think back to the good old days. So, I have a question for everyone. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. iCarly? Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh no. I mean, technically, it's still airing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the old one. <laughs> Created by Thou Who Shall Not Be Named. Yes, yes. I remember. Do you guys uh, remember Victorious, the the sister show? Yes, I do. I do remember. Barely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the NSU or the Nick sitcom universe has grown, oh. and now we're going to be reading victorinam created by uh, <laughs> over me bed and you will know um <laughs> tori and her friends of the icarly crew fight in the vietnam war graphic depictions of violence do you want to read the notes? Yeah, I'll, 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 read the notes. I'll read the notes. Wait, hold on, hold on. This is this is very important. Before we begin, okay. mm-hmm. who gets mm-hmm. to play mm-hmm. Gibby? <laughs> Matt. Matt gets to be Gibby. I have to narrate, don't I? No, Where's I'm narrating. Favorite? I'm narrating. Okay, yeah, I'll be Gibby. Yeah. All right, so I'll, allow me to read the notes. This was initially supposed to be a YouTube video of sorts, but due to busy schedules and us not completely knowing what the hell we were doing, the video ended up being scrapped. This final version of the fanfiction, which was meant to act as a script, was written back in January 3rd, 2021, and is mostly unedited. I will not be fixing any errors, with only a few unnecessary headers removed. We initially thought it was lost media, but we realized the document was uploaded to a largely inactive Discord server where we planned on making the now-completed scrapped video. The characters in here are all owned by Nickelodeon. What a big surprise. And I do want to say, because it's a quick little mention on Lost Media, apparently the pilot episode for Kingdom Hearts has been found on VHS, and they're, yes. they're working on getting it digitalized so it can be uploaded to the internet. 
I just realized this was written Incredible for well, this. Discovery. Well, this wasn't written four days ago, but it was posted four days ago. Because I was like, why wow. haven't I heard of this? It has 20 hits because it was published four days ago. Yeah, and I thought it would be funny. Let's blow it up. So I, I'll take over for narrating this time because it's, you know, it's my special day. And uh, yes. yeah, we, we know that Matt's Gibby. So you guys can kind of Gibby! divide I, yourself. I want to be Freddy and Spencer. Okay, you could be Freddie and okay. Spencer. I'll take Carly and Sam. Yeah, right. you have to be the ladies. If, if it's girl and not if, if it's if it's girl, most likely it's Sergio. If it's boy, specifically from the iCarly franchise, it's Kai. Matt's everyone else, which makes me very <laughs> excited for later. <laughs> the skies of southern Vietnam were drenched in orange from the evening sun. The only sound that could be heard was the roaring of the oncoming helicopter. Inside carried an elite unit of commandos, Carly, Sam, Freddy, Gibby, and Spencer, the oldest. Most of them immediately went into service after high school. They were specially trained by the U.S. and kept completely off the record. They didn't have a normal experience with military training, as the higher-ups didn't even fully trust all of their soldiers. Anyways, this unit, the I-Squad, were all targeted for this top-secret training because of their innate ability to escape even the weirdest events and could come up with a solution to any problem. Having been asleep for most of the ride, Freddy stood up and yawned. Ah, do you guys even think we have a chance of finding them alive? Sam stood up and smacked him across the face with her non-lethal butter sock. Of course we will, dipshit. They wouldn't have sent us if they thought we were dead. All of them were startled, as they all thought they heard a demented laugh track coming from the sky. Gibby stood up and whispered the only word he could say after the incident. Gibby. (laughs) (laughs) They had been sent to find out what happened to the V-Squad, a similar unit that went MIA. They met once or twice, but had no real connection, which was probably the reason they were sent to find out what happened to them. The helicopter finally landed in a remote part of the country, far from even their side's troops, as they still needed to not be seen by anyone. Once they all got out, they began work on forming a plan. Spencer unrolled his homemade map he made based off of what he saw when they were above. There are multiple stations of the enemy troops scattered throughout this area. I say we go for the biggest one and take one of them prisoners. The rest are expendable. We probably need to get back in the copter and discreetly drop down. Once we're inside, you all know what to do. Just then, they were interrupted by a growl from the forest, near where their helicopter had landed. (laughs) Freddy gasped, got a hold of himself, and quickly started drawing a circle in the grass around everyone. Gibby let out nervous. Sea bears? I didn't expect we'd find them so early, Carly said surprised. They had heard of them in an extra-long mission briefing they were given, and they knew how to avoid conflict with them. Can't we just fucking shoot them? Sam asked, looking amusedly at Freddy, still finishing the circle around all of them. Waste of ammo. Besides, if we make any noise, we could attract something far worse, Spencer said, inspecting Freddy's circle to make sure it was not an oval. Suddenly, a pack of sea bears emerged from the forest and surrounded them on all sides. They stood still as the sea bears roared at them frustratedly, unable to reach them through the circle. Several minutes passed and the sea bears showed no signs of giving up. How long do you think they'll stay here? Freddy asked, showing signs of boredom. 
Shouldn't be too much longer. They're persistent, but eventually they'll move on, Spencer said. Just then, a branch in the forest snapped, followed by an annoying, high-pitched voice. <laughs> this is you, Matt. What the fuck's going on over here? Shouted Fred Figglehorn. <laughs> the whole unit oh sighed. Gosh. Fred was originally set for commando training, but he was such an <laughs> annoying shit, they sent him out into the regular army, which still didn't stop him from being an obnoxious fucker. Someone must have st- spotted the helicopter landing and sent him to check it out. The whole squad had to hold back laughter as a sea bear shifted their attention to him and began to swarm him. He let out a series of yells and high-pitched noises, firing his gun randomly as they dragged him back into the forest. <laughs> never to be seen again as the group was celebrating all of them were startled by an even louder growls and stomping of hooves again coming from within the forest they all knew what was coming as a big pack of sea rhinoceroses emerged from the same forest the sea bears dragged fred into did everyone remember to bring the anti-sea rhinoceros underwear carly asked as the pack was approaching them freddy started visibly sweating, and the whole group knew what was about to happen. One of the sea rhinoceroses grabbed him from the circle, and the whole pack opened up a can of whoop-ass on him. (laughs) The squad knew there was no saving him, as sea rhinos were bulletproof. They dragged him into the same forest Fred met his fate in. Dang. They were all shocked before they came to their senses. They didn't have time to mourn. They needed to get out of there fast before anyone came to check out what that noise was. They had to fly high to avoid any detection, while Spencer pointed out what camp they were targeting. When they reached it, they contemplated how they would go about entering it. How the hell are we going to get down there without being detected? Sam asked. We obviously can't land the copter anywhere near there, and if they see us parachuting, they could shoot us down. Just then, Gibby let out a loud... As he jumped out of the copter with no parachute. When he reached the ground, his epic belly flop caused a massive shockwave that seemingly killed every soldier in sight. Spencer sighed. (laughs) Spencer sighed as he landed the chopper directly inside of the base. They scrounged the area, looking to see if anyone had survived. No one did. They all died from the massive shockwave. When they came to the conclusion that there were no survivors, they searched the area in hopes of finding any clues towards the mysterious disappearance of the V-Squad. They scavenged through every building in sight and found nothing. They gave up and reconvened around the copter to formulate their next move. Well, that was a fruitless endeavor, Spencer said. The demonic laugh track erupted from the sky again, but at this point they were used to it. They were thrown off by rustling in in the branches. They all raised their weapons, but they grew confused at the sound of a familiar voice. Freddy emerged intact with no visible marks from the forest with his hand shooting up. Hey, guys, it's just me. It's just me. Oh, no, that's that's right. Sorry, wrong Fred. Wrong Fred, my bad. (laughs) Wrong Fred. Come on, man. I should have known by the lack of capitalized letters. (laughs) He stopped running and casually walked up to them. They were all in shock. Spencer was the first one to speak up. How did you survive the sea rhinoceros attack? Those are lethal. Freddy smiled and said, Well, I was lying on the ground bleeding out when these two short people with wings approached me. They said they could grant me wishes, so obviously I wish to be healed, and then I wish to find you guys. So, find anything about the missing... 
the unit stared in shock at the bullet hole squared in Freddy's head, and then their training overtook them. They dropped to the ground, standing as still as possible, their uniforms blending in with the tall, grassy ground of the base. Spencer held up his hand, just enough for the group to see it without rising above the grass. He motioned toward a tall tree in the distance. The squad didn't need to ask. Gibby silently withdrew his sniper rifle and aimed it towards the tree. When he saw a glint from the sun coming from the high, from a high branch <laughs> of the tree, he fired. The group heard screaming, and then they heard a loud crunch from the fall. They stood up and ran toward the sound. They were shocked at what was laying there before them. It was a dead Robbie and Rex from the V Squad. Freddy joined them in staring down at the carcasses. This isn't right. Why would they shoot us? They know who we are, he said in disbelief. Gibby. <laughs> there was no way he mistook us for typical soldiers. We were in plain view of him. Sam muttered. The group all knew the truth, but did not want to accept it. They just couldn't accept the fact that a group of elite commandos would defect like this. There was a long silence before they heard a coughing. They peered down at the Muppet-like Rex, who was still very much alive. Robbie was less fortunate and didn't survive the fall. Because Rex was connected to Robbie, they had to drag both of them into a small building within the camp. When they thought Rex was, had recovered enough, the question started. Why would your squad turn? Carly asked demandingly. I ain't telling y'all shit! The puppet replied. We have ways of making you talk. Sam said, taking out her butter sock. You can't do shit to me! Isn't torture against the enemy still... Illegal? The smartass replied. The unit smiled at each other. Well, I guess it's time for... Carly said, looking at a non-existent camera. Random, Random war, crimes. war crimes! Spencer drew out <laughs> a small handmade radio and blasted 100 gecks as they tortured Rex. When they finally got information <laughs> on the annoying puppet, they were surprised to hear what, why they turned. See, we V-Squatters don't like capitalism, because Beyonce stole Tori's song and she got no credit for it. When the government offered us this job, we accepted with the full intention to defect. Now we have it pretty good with communism, even if that means killing you shitheads. Sam gave him a, fair, a final proverbial slap with the butter sock, throwing him against the wall and detaching him from Robbie's arm, killing him. <laughs> <laughs> This is fucking cracked. I love this. I wanted a crack fiction, man. I needed something good. Before the group had a chance to dwell on what he just said, the sound of a helicopter landing and a gunshot erupted from outside. They stepped out to find the V-Squad standing in front of them. The only one Sam knew personally wasn't there, because she became a successful musician. Hold on, I'll, I'll get this, but I just want to say... I'll, I'll read this because it's a it's fucking it's Trina from Victoria, so girl me. But I can't, I I cannot hear helicopters landing without Ram Ranch Seven starting up in my head. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, well, well. If it ain't you, pricks, Trina said with a sarcastic grin. <laughs> Gibby. <laughs> Gibby's right. Carly said. We can do this two-way. Either y'all come with us and be tried for treason, or we kill you on the spot. Jade grimaced. What makes you think we're going... We we oh, never mind. Okay. 
channel what, the channel the goth energy. What makes you think we won't go without you without taking you with us? Besides, we all know you just killed Rex, so there's no way we're all making it back to the States alive. Both squads stayed in silence for what felt like the better part of an hour, knowing that if they made any sudden moves, both squads would open fire. Spencer looked thoughtfully for a while before coming up with a solution. He started doing some awkward stretches, and the V-Squad looked at him confused. Then, the demonic laugh track erupted from the sky, which caught the entire V-Squad off guard. The I-Squad, used to it by now, opened fire, killing Beck and Trina instantly. The noise from the gunfire caused a stirring in the nearby woods. A pack, a pack of red and stimpies came hurtling out of them. When both oh squads God. scrambled for their helicopters. Sam and Freddy were caught in the stampede, and I-Squad had no choice but to leave them behind. This is like the third That's time horrifying. Freddy fucking died. That's so horrifying. <laughs> V-Squad was now in retreat in their helicopter, while the I-Squad followed them in pursuit. Sinjin stuck his head out of the V-Squad copter with a sniper in hand. He aimed and fired and struck Spencer, who was piloting the copter in the shoulder. Gibby tore him out of the seat and took up the piloting. A sudden burst of wind gave him enough speed to be side by side with the opposing copter, and he tilted in slight, tilted it slightly, scratching up the other copter and catching Sinjin uh, in the blades. Suddenly, Gibby lost control and accidentally struck the helicopter with his blades again, destroying the helicopter blades in the process. The crash was brutal. Both copters landed in an open field. Carly was a sole survivor of the crash of her helicopter as she limped over to the enemy one. Tori crawled out and fell onto the field. Freddy walked over and stood by Carly, who had drew her revolver and was about to shoot Tori, but decided against it. No, you just lost all your friends, and it's all your fault. You need to live with that now. Suddenly, an unfamiliar voice <laughs> abruptly interjected. No, 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 no. You need to kill her. It's the whole reason why you're here. SpongeBob stepped onto the field, seemingly out of nowhere. You orchestrated all of this, didn't you? Carly said with a sudden realization. Yes. He said. You took away time from me on Nickelodeon. And with you out of the picture, that'll never happen again. Nick is supposed to be constant Spongebob reruns. Forever. But both of our shows got canceled. Carly said confused. And besides, aren't there other shows on Nick you should be worried about? Tori said. There's too great a chance for a revival of both your shows. And the other ones have already been... Taken care of. They were in the same place as you. Vietnam? No, dumbass, we're in a giant <laughs> dome under the sea! That's how there were sea bears and sea rhinos! Spongebob said proudly. I'm confused. Carly said. Can you explain your entire plan in full like normal villains? Well, I knew how easy it would be to deceive you all when you thought you were joining a war that ended 46 fucking years ago. I was the one who orchestrated all your special training, making it easier to kill each other. I didn't do the same to the other shows because they were easy to dispose of. They were the ones who made up both sides of the normal military you saw on the battlefield. They all died due to random attacks or killing each other. Now it's just you three and it's standing my way. And now it looks like I'll have to do it myself. He said, pulling out a large gun. Don't worry, guys. Freddy said as he unzipped himself, he took off his costume and became a gorilla. SpongeBob tried to fire at him, but he couldn't hit him, and the gorilla seized him and tore him in half. Oh, not again! 
SpongeBob screamed as the gorilla hopped onto his horse and rode into the sunset. That's great, Tori said. But how are we going to get out of here? And that's the end with the last note being, there's sadly no plans for a sequel. Don't bother asking. <laughs> we got to write Bruh. a sequel. That's what that means. <laughs> we got to write a sequel. Is that? Wow. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely I was. Uh, we just said it during the Korean War. Because <laughs> we already made our own Vietnam fic. Did we? We had a Vietnam Yeah, thing, yeah. Major Bubba yeah. and Big, big Hoss's oh, yeah. big d- adventure or whatever. We should read big that in a con. No we, no, we should not read that in a con. I we changed my mind. Unveil that again. Get rid of it forever. <laughs> you um, lost a media right there. Seal it away. Well, never, was, to be, uh, never to be heard. Well, this, this hard confirms that this was not written to be at the time of the Vietnam War because SpongeBob tricks them. So I think what actually should happen... <laughs> is uh, the remaining survivors become volunteers in the partial mobilize quote-unquote volunteers in the partial mobilization of Russia against Ukraine and they get caught up in the in the in the wildfires and they try to switch sides jeez yeah i uh it, i'm going to be honest going through AO3 it was a lot harder to find like a crack fic that was like sort of what i was looking for like mm-hmm. There's Steel Ball Come, which is like the, a very obvious ironic <laughs> fan fiction. Unfortunately, uh, the the one that I was really hoping was going to be good was a fan fiction called Quirk Knife, which I was hoping was just Izuku Midoriya just saying "fuck it, I don't need a quirk" and just wielding a knife and stabbing people. I would have loved the fuck out of that fan fiction, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, it was surprisingly hard to find crack fan fiction, and I know a lot of people think that like ironic fan fiction is like very big and you can find a ton of it out there it's it's really not at least not anything that's like super i wouldn't say good but like consumable for a podcast experience or consumable with friends let's put it this way it's hard to find good parody fan fiction there's a lot of bad fan fiction but bad fan fiction isn't necessarily fun to read it can be entertaining and an existential oh my god i can't believe somebody actually wrote this kind of way yeah but realistically that's not very fun yeah like i i mean it, you can only have so much fun with just ah uh, yes it's character from franchise fucking other character from franchise like there's there, there's only so much you can yeah. do with that and i really think that like you kind of limit yourself in that possibility of just having that be the entire joke I feel like you could do a whole lot. Like, sex is funny, don't get me wrong, but I, I feel like there's a lot that you can do. Like, there was another fan fiction that I was contemplating doing, which was um, Harry Potter and the Lack of the Lamb Sauce, which is just, I believe the teacher of the dark arts was just replaced with Gordon Ramsay. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was just really long, so I didn't really think that it could work oh, for a enough. podcast. Because I know we usually like to do these sort of longer episodes, but, you know, I... I know this one's a little short, but, you know, I think crack fiction is something that we can kind of, you know, talk about for a good while just because it's it's a very unique sort of brand of fan fiction that I think is more commonly associated with fan fiction when you think about it in like a fandom space like, mm-hmm. you know, My Immortal think, and Sonic High School. I, th- I think a lot of people who, who like are like, uh, um... Noah fan fiction have a low opinion of it. Think that crack fiction isn't like it's the norm. Yeah, yeah, is serious and it's not ironic. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there there comes a, like a point where like even the ironic fan fictions don't really have the same sort of quality that like they they probably should because at that point like you know they're writing it as a joke but they always just sort of treat it as a joke but they don't really yeah, I, go far with it i would say like it's a lot easier to find crack fiction if you look on like fanfiction.net rather than ao3 but a lot of the stuff that is present on fanfiction.net is exactly what you're talking about like very poor quality kind of crack fiction where it's just like you know just throwing in random details just for the sake of being random rather than like special (laughs) yes no no like it it's like i you are intentionally doing that this is just like random equals funny kind of thing which works for me but i'll laugh at pretty much anything so this is true Low bar. I mean, almost all the uh, all the effort in the Palpatine Christmas fic was actually me singing a uh, my own rendition of uh, uh, "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch." So that's great. I I, I just think it's like um, a lot of at least from what I've been able to get is a lot of like the crack fiction that is I would consider is like sort of what you end up hearing most of the time at a like a fan fiction read. Not usually ones by us because we tend to write. We we tend to write to a point where it's like it's more of a comedy fan fiction than like a crack fan fiction. Um, mm-hmm. Like, but we're still heavily inspired by them. Yeah, like I, I was saying, yeah. like to an extent, because like the 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 Dante X Kirby X former president of the United States Jimmy Carter fan fiction is definitely a hundred percent crack fiction. But I feel That's like there's really a, funny. It's really funny, but like the joke doesn't wear on it's because crafted. There, there's more jokes than just the punchline being these two characters are fucking, you know? Yes. Like, uh, for example, Lightning X Thomas, which I think is a very good com- comedic crack fan fiction. Oh my gosh. The, 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 yeah. the comedy of it is the fact that Lightning McQueen is this dominatrix fucking piece of shit, like, you know, fuckboy. And Thomas the Tank Engine is sort of viewed as like this like sissy femboy twink person, you know, and there's a lot of humor that comes from that because you're not expecting these two inanimate objects that are now animate to actually have this. There was a sentence I just heard my friend Michael say on his birthday. That sure (laughs) was coming out of his mouth. That that reminds me. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Michael. Yeah, just real quick, there's, I guess another example is uh, you know Emperor Palpatine orders a McRib. Like the the joke there is Emperor Palpatine orders a McRib, but there's a lot of continued jokes there of just like basically making him sort of overreactive and also senile. So it's like mm-hmm. there there's more to the joke than just ah yes, this character and this character are fucking or whatever, you know. Hmm. I think uh, Palpatine gasses the Ewoks on home video. It's sort of a middle ground. It's a lot of random stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the title alone. Yeah, the title alone is really good. so funny. <laughs> what were you going to say, Sergio? Okay, so this is just something um, I think that I've, I've had to... Because, you know, we have a very specific sense of humor that, that kind of <laughs> is on the sense of a line of a crack fic. And I got into this... D- argue- argument 
with with someone last night while I was writing my my SCP. And there, so there's a line in my recent one. It's a, it's a gamers against weed chat room, and Peppa Pig's strongest soldier, our favorite OC, is like trying to like downplay the the bullshit he just got everybody in, and he's just like, listen, listen, everything will calm down. Like like everybody calm down. Everything is going to be cocaine and hookers. And then one of them goes, no, Peppa, it's not going to be cocaine and hookers. And somebody, <laughs> this guy who's looking over goes. Would it has anyone ever said that? Have you heard people say that? And I go, well, no, but that's really funny, isn't it? And then he re- he responds, I don't understand. Like, what's the opposite of cocaine and hookers? And I'm like, well, that doesn't matter. And he goes like, but they're gamers against weed. Wouldn't they be smoking weed? And I'm like, you're on a you're on a different you're on a different you're on a different fucking dimension than I am, dude. He said fucking things are going to be cocaine and hookers instead of just saying it was okay. That's funny. Like <laughs> everything will be gumdrops and ice cream. All right. Like here's I'll I'll go on my own little little escapade if you'll allow me for oh, allow. my own observation. Oh, hold on, hold on. I, I I do I do want to say before you start, I do have an answer to what the opposite of cocaine and hookers is. It's my ex wife and sleeping pills. Continue. <laughs> That's a Nick Arcata level comeback. <laughs> it's a really good comeback. All right. Y'all ever seen Young Frankenstein or name a Mel Brooks parody from? Like baseballs, nineties, dude. I fucking Spaceballs. love yep. Young Frankenstein. That is my shit. Well, we're, we're probably gonna watch it at the crossover here soon. But um, yes, oh, we're having a crossover. Oh yeah, uh, you guys yeah. Nebraska and then eventually Ohio Con. Yes, yes, but um, we better watch it. The the thing that makes a really good crack fic, like we just read, really solid with the uh, the iCarly, good ace detective work finding that, by the way, excellent fic, is that it embodies the spirit of the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what all makes jokes does. that are funny to everybody, but are especially funny only if you understand the source material. Only if you understand the source material is the joke at its funniest. Not because it's a mm-hmm. reference, but because the layered humor is so much funnier when you know why the joke is the way that it is. Gibby saying Gibby is not funny all that much on its own. But it's really funny when you realize the moment that they're referencing is when the child actor for Gibby broke his fucking ribs okay it wasn't the falling. child actor it was a stunt double it was a stunt double that's right it was a stunt double but he's that guy broke his ribs for that stunt while the name of that child gibby was being screamed out that's why it's funny that's why it's so funny to us because we know what it's referencing and then all Can the, I also issue, just like say- the sea bears yeah Real quick, it's a real shame that Gibby never ended it up in Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. All Star Brawl. <laughs> it is true. I agree. Well, yeah, because if you use this down there, he just dies and you lose the match. Gibby, <laughs> Gibby. But um, yeah, no, I think that's I... the true essence of parody. And to make a true crack fic, you mm-hmm. have to embody the original. I think, in some capacity, Dave Stider, Pokemon Tranner, oh my God. kind of does that. 
It's perfect. Okay, a masterpiece as a crack. Okay, all right. Okay, because it it captures um. It doesn't capture Homestuck or Pokemon. It captures that kind of internet humor, though, at that no, era. No, it, it captures Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff. That's true. But Sweet Bro Which and Hella Jeff is very much part of that part of internet culture. was just the yes. most insanely inane, vapid bullshit just happening for no reason. But committing yes. to it really hard. I told you about stairs, bro! I told you about those stairs! I still see people reference that now and uh, now and again, but um, crackfix are modern internet parodies. Essentially, the parody has been a dying breed for some time. What a lot of crackfix remind me of are those bad parodies from like the late '90s and the the aughts. You know what I mean? Like Scary Movie Five, Six, so on or something, where it's no longer uh, yeah. a parody. They're kind of just doing it to do it. Yeah. Like they they they've sort of run the joke of scary movie to the point where it's like okay okay we get it guys we get it. I think that you know if mm-hmm. you I, I I I never thought about the idea of treating crackfic as parody, but you know the more that's I really think what about, it is. I mean yeah, that's really what it is. But you know usually no one ever really thinks about it like that because usually the parody of it is not about actually. It's not a criticism of the work, which is normally what a parody is. Or it, that's the purpose of it. A crack well, fix really isn't really just meant to be a criticism of the work, though. It's meant to... It often is. It, it often can be, but it's not fundamentally... I mean, Young Frankenstein is not a criticism of the original Frankenstein no. story. In fact, Young Frankenstein, to tell the story it tells, must understand the principle and spirit of the original Frankenstein story better than most people in general do, which is that Frankenstein is one, the doctor, not the, not the, his, yes. his creation, but also very importantly that the monster of Frankenstein is only a monster because Frankenstein is the real monster as this thing's mm-hmm. basically this thing's father Frankenstein, the doctor, ruins his mind, destroys his chance at humanity, and creates the monster that way. Not through lightning and science, but through abuse and mistreatment is the monster truly created. And then young Frankenstein flips that completely on its head and asks the question, what if Frankenstein was not only not a monster, but was the most supportive father anyone could possibly ask him to be at that point in time? And that's what young Frankenstein is. And that's why it is funny, because you're totally taken in by the idea that it's supposed to be, you know, Frankenstein, the scientific monster, because everybody knows that story. And then it totally flips it on its head with some of the funniest jokes, the funniest scenes possible. And that's sort of the same thing with with um, with Spaceballs, is you still have principally the same ideas, but everything is flipped on its head. Instead of Darth Vader being this tall, imposing, deep voiced Man, it's a neurotic small man who has extremely large insecurity problems, but can still kill you. He's still threatening. It's just that he's also impossibly stupid and pathetic at the same time. That's why Spaceballs is funny. And that's why why the crack pick was funny, because it asked the question, what if the cast of iCarly was stuck in Vietnam? It doesn't make them other different boring people it just asks that question and tries to logically work itself out from there 
Sam carrying the butter sock is a perfect example of that. I'll call that the butter sock principle. The butter sock maintained its <laughs> existence despite being in Vietnam. Yeah, Guys, think... Coolio died. Who? Coolio, the rapper. Don't care. Literally, the gangster's paradise guy. Who? Oh, he's dead. Oh. Did he get shot or was he ill? Uh That's a really weird topic to bring up during the parody segment. Well, he just he just died. He he had cardi cardiac arrest. Cause of death not determined at the moment. Hmm. Okay. Somebody oh. wrote his name in the death note. God damn. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh I think you know, now that I think about it, like if you treat if if I can find more crack fiction that's treated more like, you know, parody. I, I feel like I would appreciate them a lot more. That might be something that we do for the white elephant and for whatever other fan fictions we add to the, the fan fiction read is just, let's just treat it like parody. Let's just treat the entire thing. Like it's a, like it is parody to make it even better and not have to rely on just, Oh yes, they fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, you can no. do that too. You can do, Oh yes, they fuck. I mean, yes, you can. <laughs> I'm not saying that you can't. I'm just saying that we don't have to rely on that for the joke. Well, yeah. Dude, we should write a Chain of Memories parody. No! That would just be writing a better book. It's not hard. Chain of Memories, but it's well written. No. No, that's not what it's going to be called. It'd be Chain of Memories, but I'm chaining my memories too hard. Linkages of experience. Come of men. Come of men. It's where Sora and Riku end up fucking real hard. Sora and Riku are really, really, really vaguely homosexual, but they're also really, really not vaguely homophobic, and that's the whole plot of the book. Or they just get married and and live happily. Hmm, maybe. I think it'd be funny if we explore the entire point of Chain of Memories, if it's just Sora and Riku are just extremely homosexual. Because I feel like but that would actually... That. Neither I feel of them like, knows that about themselves or the other. Because I feel like that would actually solve a lot of the issues that end up facing like later in the series. Like, think about it, right? Riku basically caused the entire like death of all the heroes a hundred years later. It's, it's it's really easy to fix it. We just have hmm. him be competent, or we write a series, or we write a fan fiction where Jaden is supplanted Sora in normal Kingdom Hearts. Oh, that would be funny. Actually, that would be very funny. Jeez, I, I feel like there's a lot that you know we can do. Obviously, um, but a lot of it comes down to just how do we flip something on its head to make it a funny joke. That doesn't necessarily have to rely on the bit being, yes, they're fucking. What if the joke is that they're not fucking? They want you, to fuck, but they can't. You mean just queer baiting it? No, not even queer baiting. Just everybody wants to have sex, but they can't. That would be the come of men. Everybody just has ED. Even the women. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, wait, wait. I just had an idea. It's, so it's a, it's so it's a story. <laughs> it's it's like like a no. like one of those like like sappy like 
like guy yeah. meets girl story and they want to fuck, but mm-hmm. the girl has a problem that prevents her from doing so. She has a for <laughs> a force field around her pussy, and anything that attempts to insert into it gets repelled by a magnet. <laughs> And the guy has to figure out how to get past the force field, and then he like tries like brute, just brute forcing, and nothing works. Like he like tries to thrust, and it's just like fighting him the whole way. He can't get it in. Does she know that there's a force field, or does she not know? This yeah, yeah, yeah. She, happened? yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she's aware of it. I also think that it should violently repel object, like it absorbs the kinetic energy and sends it back at the user. <laughs> So she's like, okay, okay. Oh, he, she's like, he tries to fuck her with his Audi, and then he gets an unbelievably painful innie for a second. No, no, I'm just imagining he just goes flying, like, like his thing's a little bruised, but flying he just like, like he just straight up goes flying, like Gmod ragdoll. He just flies through. Yeah, <laughs> or or she's just like <clears throat> fucking like, like she's like she's like, all right, all right, all right. It's like it's fine. It just j- just punch it. Just j- just hit me with everything you have. You know, like. When when like you you hit someone and smash and it like stops for a second <laughs> they just <laughs> fly it's like that but with like a cooter punch. <laughs> oh, I, I hate that that phrase that you just said. I feel like there's a punch. lot that you, I, I feel yes. like there's a lot that you could do with just parody and just finding things to riff on. Uh, you know, just it, as a as a whole in terms of like brand, like especially with like crossovers, like you know. Uh, I've been writing an All Might X Princess Peach fan fiction where the entire bit is that uh, like All Might is like completely aware of the fact like he he wants to be in a genuine relationship and Princess Peach is written like they like just fuck the plot. Let's just get to sex. Let's just get to fucking the entire time. And my I will my favorite line that I wrote in there isn't even related to that like whole bit. It's just Thank you for saving me, my hero, Academia. I, I just think it's I just think it's funny because it's just so stupid. You said the thing, <laughs> but you know, I think there's, I think there's a lot that you can do other than just like quoting stuff, and like, you know, because I feel like the idea not to not to riff on not to riff on our friends over at the Man Bats, but I feel like Elsa X Shrek is definitely a fan fiction you can do. And spin it in a way that isn't just Elsa's a cheating whore. I wow. I think I know how to do it. Just write her in place of Fiona in the Shrek movie. And, ext- instead of like Fiona being like scared of exposing her ogre powers, Elsa just really, really, really doesn't want to reveal the Shrek that she could have left the tower at any time, that she had more than enough power to, and she just wants to be a normal normal woman no ice powers or anything but like some something funny happens Ooh. where she has to use her ice powers every time and there's no way around it i like no it. Way to do it possibly yeah i i just think there's you know I, I think there's a way that you can like write things to make it a little bit more interesting uh especially for like parody and make it into something a little bit more because I think that allows it especially for revisits to be even better in terms of like a reading experience like uh the adventures of light and dark yagami like i have no experience with death note 
Yeah, but yeah, I just had a really funny idea for the Shrek and Elsa bit. To flip it on its head, instead of Elsa, the human woman who's very normal looking, having a problem with the relationship, Shrek looks at her at some point in the story and says, uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure what that we should be in the relationship. I mean, you know, you, you kind of look weird to me. You know, she's like, "What? What do you mean? I, I mean, you're not you're not an ogre." Well, the the whole point of the man bats one was uh, that Elsa calls Shrek for a booty call, you know, to fuck, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, her husband Larry the cucumber comes in. Like uh, that's that's the whole bit. And once you you know if you revisit it. There's nothing more to, to like giggle at because you know where it's going. Yeah, you know what the you know what the twists and the turns are. Yeah, you know, I feel like there should be a little bit more in terms of jokes specifically to help sort of We need to we need to rewrite story. only in San Francisco too. That's what we gotta do. Thank you, Michael. That's that's what we <laughs> gotta, gotta rewrite do. only in San Francisco. Jeez, I don't know if you can parody only in San Francisco, but it's already a parody of only in no, San Francisco a, one. Just take uh, take the inspiration from it the the beautiful verbiage that Sergio and I came up with on for on it uh, millions of years ago. Can you know? Can we actually? Can we can we throw only in San Francisco into the into like a, a translator of sorts, like uh like just just see what other people would like say. Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, maybe I I was thinking more like Lingo Jam translators. See what see what weird people have uh, thrown in there. I want to know hmm. what only in San Francisco would be like if it was put in English. Only in San Francisco. No, I stop. Sergio, would you prefer let's, it to let's be an end ev- this recording before we go any further? Would We're getting you, into cursed territory. This is true. All right. Well, I'm glad that I glad that you enjoyed the fan fiction that I uh, I scrounged around on the internet for. Took a really long time to find a good one, so I hope that you did enjoy that. I'm glad mm-hmm. that it did open the door for discussion so it wasn't just a 30-minute episode, you know? <laughs> we so, can yeah, talk about random shit for hours. Exactly. So, all right. Well, we have a few cons coming up this next month. And the month after that, we got Anime Nebraskan. Most of the people here are going. I'm not going because I'm saving my money for Yomacon. And I will see you guys at Yomacon, hopefully crossing fingers. I don't know what panels we are getting accepted or not at the time of this recording, so we'll find out. Then after that, we got Colossal Con North, which will be the first time it's having its sort of con run up in Wisconsin Dells. So if you are interested, do check that out. We love you. I don't. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, buy our merch, read our SCPs. And follow us on Twitter.com. Don't be a chud. Don't be a chud. All right. Take care, guys. We love you.